everybody. Welcome to Street Fight Radio. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's the call-in show. We want to hear from you, the folks that uh, listen to the show. Me and Brian do this now. We complain about our jobs, but people don't want us to do that because we have, you know, amazing once-in-a-lifetime jobs that people don't want to hear us complain about. We got to know what's going on in the workforce nowadays, what you're dealing with. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. That's every single week that number stays the same. So Sunday nights, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. If you want to talk to Street Fight, that's the number to dial. It's 614-655-3887. We are here to listen to your stories about D.A.R.E., your stories about your job, your story about military recruiters. I also, since it's the holiday season, and I know uh, during the Halloween season, we did some nightmarish stories about dealing with your family and the dysfunction that they bring. But I would love to turn it around and hear about some street fight miracles. You know, when I was living in Dallas, I lived in a popular area and I didn't have a lot of marijuana on me at the time, moving from Columbus to Texas. And I accidentally, uh, not accidentally, I actually found one gram bag of weed just sitting on the side of the road while I took my dog out. So I'd love to hear your street fight miracles that happened in your life. For those of you that don't know who we are, my name is Brett Payne. My co-host here is Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio, the award-winning number one anarcho-comedy podcast on any station across the nation. You can watch us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are at. And if you want even more of what we do, we offer bonus content at patreon.com slash streetfightradio. You can access to Shocktober, Brian and Felix Biederman from Chapo Trap House, their deep dive into shock jocks. And right now we're doing the Teen Fight Radio broadcast. That's our premium audio on patreon.com slash streetfightradio for the $5 and up subscribers. You get to hear Brian and I talking about being a teen with Brian's teenage daughter, Gwen, and special guests like Kath Barbadoro, Kate Raft, and many more. Yeah, um, and I can even just go, I can say a few of the other miniseries that are coming up, because like you're going to want to be on this Patreon. This is my QVC pitch. We have Teen Fight. As soon as Teen Fight's done, we should have American Podcasts, a deep dive into Kid Rock. And then we are going to, me and, uh, what, what was the one after? I don't remember what the one after that is. It might be me and Tom Sexton talking about uh, preachers, megachurch pastors. Okay. We, have a good, we have a list of eight of them, actually, because, man, when you start naming, when I start doing these deep dives... When I start naming the people who are going to be on it, a thousand people tell me I don't have any of the right people and that I need to have yeah, this there's person. there's so many more. And the megachurch pastor thing was like, I said, who would you want us to cover if we did it? And it was just like, every time I refined the list of five, people were like, you don't have this person, you don't have this person. It's like, all right, fine. We'll do yeah. eight. But uh, megachurch pastors, that's going to be something fun, right? Sounds and great. And with an expert like Tom Sexton, you know, get out of town. But uh, <laughs> I also want to congratulate Tom and Terrence on, uh, and Tanya on 
uh, being on CNN. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, they got an article about them. They had a great picture. They were on TV too. They were. Yeah, I didn't they know that. played the they played the uh, clip on TV and stuff. The little interview with them. Uh, congratulations, y'all. You, I mean, again, I said this on in the Facebook group, and I probably didn't say it on on Twitter or anything, but man, they just deserve everything in the world. They're wonderful people. Well, and, uh, not as much as me, but yeah, definitely, <laughs> they deserve everything up to and in, uh, including one degree less than what i get yeah i would like it if they stayed one dollar under us at all times <laughs> yeah but then other but we than love that, them we still love them i mean we love we love yeah. them folks. i mean i you know we can't like start announcing things because honestly we don't have anything booked but i think they're going to be with us most of next year well like, and if you want to see the uh cne cnn reported podcast live uh tom and terrence from the trailbillies will be with us for our december live stream that's happening at ruby tuesdays just 26 days from now. If you're not in Columbus, you can watch it. But if you want to be down here for the party, head over to store.streetfightradio.com. It's right at the top. We got the tickets for sale right now. We will be hanging out after that, too. We made sure that the bar said we could close the bar down. We get the whole night. Yeah, we got so the whole fucking night. All night long, fucking being degenerates with Street Fight Radio, the Trillbillies, Garbage Brain University Podcast, Icy Jake. <laughs> Howling Commandos, so Lindsay many. Martin. Uh, Lindsay Martin. That's the whole show. It's going to be a variety of things that we have on that stage. Mostly comedy, though. You know, but some music. Yeah, just yuck yucks. Just we'll just be laughing our heads off. Uh it's cold here, dude. Okay, I don't like that. A physical cold. It's Christmas time now, though, and I'm trying to be Christmas cheer, Brian, this year for okay. the first time ever. I'm going to attempt to have Christmas cheer. Because it's not fun for anybody in the house when I complain about how much money Christmas costs. Sure. You need to figure out how to internalize that and drive it deep down inside of you and just ignore it and just live in ignorance, you know, live blissfully, uh, not caring about how it's all going to work in January when you got to pay the rent. Yeah, it's just like one of those like... Every time I feel like I'm finished, I have to buy more stuff. And that's what really gets It's constant. Me. Yeah. It's like when you think you've paid the Christmas bill off and well, then somebody is like, no, nah, well, we got to get something for my boss too. Right. Yeah. We, um, we got our Christmas shopping started. We go to Mark's, the discounted place, and they have stuff for dirt cheap. And usually like we spend a few 30, 40, $50 there. And we're like, I mean, this kid is spoiled. This is enough. You know, some littlest pet shops like racers, uh, a couple of Barbies and uh, good to go. Right? I wish my kid was a toy kid so much. I mean, she doesn't play with toys. She's too old now, obviously, for toys. But like she never wanted toys. She always wanted expensive shit every yeah. year. An iPhone, a fucking MacBook, a, a fucking camera. My daughter weirdly wants a riding unicorn that talks. Is that like a thing that exists? I haven't seen it. It seems like a made-up thing. Her mom is the same way. She'll go to a restaurant and just order something that she thinks sounds good without checking the menu. Dude, I've been talking about this lately. Like, my teenage niece, Zoe, like, two Christmases in a row, her Christmas list has been full of concert tickets. And I'm like, oh, they're coming? And she's like, no, I just like, if they come, I'd like to have the tickets. And I was like, you can't. But you can't buy an in-case-they-come ticket, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
There isn't like a, a, a ticket that you can buy in lieu of when Billie Eilish or 21 Savage comes through town, you know? You just yeah. got to kind of do it at the time. I was very intrigued by her list. It was very inspired. I did hear she had some destination concerts on there. She yeah. was like... You know, I want to see Tame Impala, but like in Nashville, Tennessee. Like, yeah. I don't want it to be uh, not here. They're not playing in Columbus. We have, we're going to have to all drive down to Nashville to go see this. That's going to be my Christmas present. It's going to be great. A really funny thing is that Gwen wanted a uh, uh, water pick. Okay, those are nice. Okay, well, that's then an investment. Friends, that's, that's too grown. Her friends saw her Christmas list and made fun of her, so she took it off the Christmas list. <laughs> Can't say that on Teen Fight, but I'll just let you all know that she was going to do good teeth hygiene. Her teen friends made fun of her, and then boom, she doesn't want. I don't want a water pick anymore. I don't think it's necessary. Really, I can just use floss. That's what's that is a, that is funny. I mean, everybody has a different concept of things, especially you know what they want. Uh, me and my wife defer because she's like. Uh, it's Christmas, I guess this year in lieu of getting stuff that we want, we'll just do like house stuff or things like that. And I'm like, uh, I just sent like a dozen switch games that I want my mom and dad to buy me. Like <laughs> my mommy and daddy, <laughs> my, I want my mommy and daddy to buy me some switch games. Yeah. I would like a, I would like a limited edition Batman action figure from my parents. It costs as much as a Dyson and it's yeah. more in the spirit of Christmas. I'm doing, ri I'm really being risky this year. Actually. Um, I asked for rain gear. That's good choice. That's risky, practical. Risky though. Risky. Yeah, because you get what you get and you don't right. throw a fit. Right. Exactly. Somebody's gonna buy me get, trash bags. Get receipts and make sure you can exchange it. <laughs> I just feel like somebody's gonna buy me a trash bag poncho and be like, just put it on if it rains. Yeah, I mean you yeah, <laughs> you're right. You gotta let them know which one you want. No, I just said rain gear. I I put the specific pants that everybody was talking about, your pants on uh fairfax avenue and melrose out there in la when everybody was stopping you and telling your pants those were aren't cool. those aren't rain pants right i asked for four pairs of those pants though all three yeah. colors and two blacks okay that's what i asked for i'm, I'm gonna i have i have a, I, I have a so i can i'm gonna okay i'm mr cargo pants now they're great i'm i'm like you can carry stuff I call them trip pants still because yeah. I think that it's like whenever you're messed up, like you can have band-aids, tissues. Like if you have four or five cargo pant pockets, you can use them. I Yeah, somebody posted cargo socks in the Facebook group and I was like, you know what? I'm all about cargo. I'd wear those. Yeah. I love a place to put my cargo. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's the 90s. We're like Rob Leafield drawings. We're like those old X-Force, like the old X-Men. Remember when they had like pockets on every fucking surface yeah, of their body? Yeah, pockets, man. I wasn't doing pockets for a while because I was wearing sweats everywhere. Sweats are not sturdy enough to carry uh, all your stuff. Oh, I know. I've lost so many things in those sweats. I've lost money. I lost $5 earlier in a week. I keep sweats in the house. I try to resist the urge to take them out. I know. Unless they got zippers on the pockets and I can make sure everything's secure. They're actually like warmer than jeans, though. They are great. Joyce, when you're they're out, way better than jeans. Yeah, when you're out walking. Okay. In the cold. I, I asked for base layer, too. That's a good choice. Yeah. So, get base layer. Uh, one of those, they, so, somebody was trying to like, I think it was my dad. I was like, I want one of those shoulder bags that you wear like this. And he was like, a man purse? And I was like, I mean, if you want to call it a man purse, then fine. I just like, I heard it's called shoulder bag. And if you Google that, it gives you exactly what yeah. I want. <laughs> and he was just like trying to get me on the purse thing. And I was like, yeah, I guess. A well, purse. I mean, I, I don't, don't fuck. <laughs> I really don't want like 
I don't want like something with like fringe on it. No. I don't want like a red crocodile leather like purse. Right. No, I want like a gym bag type thing I can attach to my body, like yeah. just strapped to my chest. And just carry some shit and carry my stuff in it because I wear sweats all the time. Yeah, I don't need. I really don't need the. I don't need like a, a, a like a a purse. I know, but old guys, they know, love they to just, go after you for ha- wanting a bag. Well, you know why? Because they expect their wife to carry everything for them. Yeah, yeah. They We're carry the everything ones... in a plastic Kroger bag. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, take their lunch in a plastic no, bag. No, they really, that's the asshole thing to do, is just to expect your wife to carry all the shit that you need, that yeah. you can just ask for, and she digs it out of her purse, and then you also get to complain about her fucking, her purse is like, you know, this crazy place, this magician's bag. And or, or like really, you know, who knows what's in there? She carries that thing around. It's like she's like, if you sprain your fucking ankle, she'll run over there with a little bandage and wrap that shit up because you're a baby that needs your shit wrapped up. My father-in-law w- used to wear like a fanny pack that had two spots for beer cans That's tight. on each side of it. Well, maybe water cans, maybe you know. Well, he kept beer in it. Okay, so I think it was like it was just for, for beer can. It was can sized. You know, and it was just like, and he would go to like the Irish festival and he would, you know, two beers and go wandering around two I think, more beers. I, th- I I mean, I am really, I am a, I do carry a purse and that's what I call it. And I'm not bothered by it, but I also, I am concerned about like my lip health. I'm concerned about having uh sunscreen. I'm uh, concerned about having a tide stick. I'm concerned about all these things, so I have to prioritize that and bring those with me. I can't rely on somebody else to do that for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, I, my, I mean, you know, I married the wrong person for that. Yeah, I mean, I carry, like, uh, I carry, like, um, my Kratom in a little jar. Okay. I carry uh, my battery. Okay. Uh, my vape pen. This is, we're doing EDCs. We're doing EDCs yeah, on the show. My vape pen, just in case I, I, because I've been out out before and been like, I don't mind being stoned doing this. And then I have it. I can just uh-huh. pull it out, right and on smoke there. it. You yep. know. Yep. And uh, my wallet. And I just don't want to lose none of that stuff. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah, looking to lose any of those. Tightened things. up. They're all good. Make you sure know? you can button that into a pair of pants. Congratulations to Illinois and Michigan on um, getting your recreational weed legal so that's that's good it's impressive good job on that that all starts like i think this week i don't know about illinois this week but it's this month at least or maybe january 1st they start recreational weed in illinois and michigan started yesterday the only place you can get it is ann arbor but uh i assume that's going to change pretty quickly michigan had some of the best weed products i've ever used so uh let's see if uh the government doesn't fuck it up yeah, I hope it's not a bajillion dollars. Right. I don't think it's going to get super expensive. LA was fucked up, dude. LA is bad. Like California medical, it's fucking expensive. Right. So is recreational. I mean, rec- I mean, I well, don't so know about medical. Seattle. I think the best place is Oregon. I think Oregon's got it. Oregon's Seattle, got the win for me. No, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite places was Have a Heart, and their prices were so fucking low. And I think that that's like their goal is to offer the lowest prices or whatever but uh like walking to california the tax that they put on that shit like when you see $12 it dollar tax yeah when you see it on this the the shelf you're like all right you know thirty dollars an eighth is all right that's cool i get that back in ohio but 
this is neat. And then they put 10 bucks, 10 bucks tax on it. And you're like, why? You should have told me that what the real price was, you know? If it's going to change that drastically. Yeah, it does. It changes by a lot. Um, I also want to throw this in for call topics. If anybody wants to help, uh, I watched Hellboy last night. Oh, 19. Yes. Okay. Love it. And, uh, I, I kind of, I enjoyed it. I know it's a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not the cool thing to do. But I think the reason why is because it's hard rock radio energy. Same thing with Aquaman. Same thing with Joe Dirt. Same thing with Airheads, Ghost Rider, Triple X. Uh, if you have spawn, if you have any suggestions on hard rock radio movies, I'm going to make a list of a hundred of them. Yeah. At some point. Some of our faves. And, uh, I, I have a few that have. Well, and I became an evangelist for Hellboy because I watched it on the West Coast tour on the way out there. And I told Brian, like, this movie fucking rocks. Like, they do not do any like Shakespearean soliloquies. There's no exposition. It's just punching and kicking and fighting and death like a mile a minute. Like it just really fucking goes. All right. So here you go, Brett. Let's see how many of these you've seen. Uh, Spawn. Very popular choice from a lot of people. Yeah. Informative to my entire existence. You I like mean, Spawn? I read the com. I've read a few couple hundred, the first couple hundred spawns I've no, read. We're, we're talking the movie here. The movie. I absolutely incredibly <laughs> love. I, I mean, I own, I own the action figures for it. I owned it on DVD. I've watched it a million times. I'm going to watch John, it. I was again. a huge John Leguizamo fan. I love John Leguizamo. I thought he was amazing. Michael Jai White. I still ride for him from spawn. Like that's what hooked me up through everything else that he's done all of his like blood to bone like straight to next netflix movies and then even uh the one he did recent or the one he did the uh, black dynamite forever ago like yeah. that's why i love that guy i will watch spawn in the next week and maybe next sunday or wednesday we can talk about Spawn's spawn good. haven't seen it torque spawn it well just one real quick spawn has a villain that there is a bomb tied to his heart that's like the best fucking. That's, <laughs> okay. that's what we all think. That's the mo- the show Twenty Four is based on. It's that. very hard rock sounding too. Yeah. Spawn as a character it's, sounds like hard rock. It's radio. crank, dude. Yeah. It's to the limit. Uh, Torque. Have you ever heard of Torque? I don't know Torque. A lot of people said Torque. Um, a movie called Torque. Yeah, there's a movie called Torque. Um, oh, here's a good one from Nick Weiger from the Doughboys, the last action hero. Very heavy hard rock radio energy in that movie. <laughs> um, that's one me and my dad watch all the time. That's when me and my dad did all the uh me and my did dad uh you know quoted that shit back in- wait, no, wait, that's the stupid wait, which one that's is it? That's the movie where he's making fun of action movies. He's got oh, the I was boy thinking in a ticket stub. What's the Damon Wayne's football one? The Last Boy Scout. That's the good yeah, one. That's on Netflix now. That's I, the good movie. I scrolled past that on Netflix and I was like, I'm going to fucking definitely watch Last that Action scene. Hero is two thumbs down. That's oh, that I movie love that sucks movie. ass. Okay. Uh, Miami Vice, the movie. Brilliant. Oh, wait, yeah. no, wait. The remake? No, the show is good. The movie. Yeah, My, with, with, Colin, with Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. It's got an audio slave soundtrack. So. I mean, it's all right. Uh, End of Days. I don't know if I've seen End of Days. Okay. And end, uh, end, wait, what's End of Days? End of Days is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about oh, the end of the world. Never saw it. Uh, Running Scared by Paul yes, Walker. Brilliant movie. One of the greats. One of the ge- best weed, weed uh, dealer movies that you can see. Here's a good one, Brett Jet Lee's The One. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great crossover. Is that a rock and roll? Like, yeah, yeah. That was absolutely like his pinnacle moment. Like that's when he jumped the shark. 
was the one. <laughs> the one, but it's good, right? But uh, um, so many people were invested and loyal to Jet Li, like me. And yeah. uh, that you're just like, I don't know what this fucking movie was even about, you know, but uh, it was sick. I feel bad for not including this in my original list. Um, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, one of the best. Still, yep, incredible crossover. Underworld is another one. Yeah, that's a good one. Erica loves that. My wife loves that. And that was like, uh, that was a good, that was for us, that was like a, a point of, you know, like, well, let's watch the whole series. Yeah, Detroit Rock City. That's a good movie. That is a that's a funny I fucking movie. movie. I did when like I that. Kid. I have to admit it. to loving that movie. Love. That I haven't seen movie. it forever, but it was a great fucking movie. So yeah, there. Uh, it's been pretty. Uh, this here's the controversial thing. So everybody is saying Adam Sandler's movies are not hard rock radio, except for The Water Boy. But then somebody pops in there and says Little Nicky. Which is definitely hard rock radio movie. <laughs> Maybe more than the Water Boy, but the Water Boy is like if you know hard rock radio dudes that like listen to that stuff all day, they love Water Boy. Well, you can do it has more going stay power. Like <laughs> Little Nicky has no slogans. Yeah. So this it's a fun little list. If you if you can think of any, uh I'd be glad to hear them. Queen of the Damned, uh Godzilla ninety seven. Oof. Uh, yeah, it, it's just fun shit. It's they're just movies that have this vibe. Oh, The Crow. The Crow is one. Yeah, that's but original. They're these, just these movies that have this weird vibe of like it's not really cool. You know, they're not cool in the traditional sense, but they're super cool to like a certain group of people that are generally not movie critics. Yeah, which I mean, is what Hellboy is, you know. They have There's a level no movie critics that like Three Days Grace or Alter Bridge, you know. Well, you know, it's just that it's a matter of like there's times in your life when you're on a patio or you're in a living room and you're talking to somebody and it's about the weather or it's about car troubles and it's about all these stupid bullshit things and there's that one person in the room that's like, what about the battle for hell? versus heaven right yeah. <laughs> it's the one person that like is likes intensity yeah that's that's what like hard rock radio that's what all this stuff is like jack this shit up to a million like everything's on the line let's push the envelope yeah use click click boom in your movie you right. gotta use like you gotta use like a three days grace song or a pod song in your power man 5000 it's a like battle scenes and this is something i've been complaining about for a while is that like fight scenes in movies lately have turned into this ironic thing where they play like i'm walking on sunshine shine in it and when i was coming up when i was just a young boy coming up man you played fucking evanescence when you were having yeah. a fight scene you know you had to like really fucking go hard because fighting is hard rock dude maybe heavy metal but not too heavy you know because you don't want to chase off regular people people like i don't want to take my girlfriend to the movie and they start playing morbid angel and she's like i don't i don't get this you know sure you want it to break down Let's take these calls, man. Let's take some calls. Let's see who's on the line. Let's uh, hear what's up. It's thanks. ham season too, Brett. It's ham. Someone could walk away with a nice juicy <laughs> ham stored in its own natural juices or a field roast rebate. Somebody in uh, Portland did eat their ham. They, they loved got it. the ham. The and people they loved ate the ham. And they said if they were known. It's a good ham. They ate it two weeks before we announced the show. They said if we would have known, which means it was 10 months old. But if they would have known we were coming, they would have saved the ham for us. 
but I wouldn't partake. I would have eaten some ham. I hate ham, but I'd have eaten some. Oh, ham's so good. All right, what's what's going on? Who's who do we got on the phone? It's me, Tracy from Texas. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm drunk as fuck. Well, if I had a nickel for every time I felt that way, I'd have like 15 cents. Samesies. What what's going on yeah. tonight, Tracy? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, first time I've ever called in. Um, just want to say, I just figured I need to do this shit and uh, say hello to everybody. Um, as far as the hard rock radio goes, um, y'all have not mentioned Judgment Night. Yeah, that like number one. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Brian actually, he does sometimes. He comes over to the show and he's like, people talk all this shit about new metal and everything, but they don't even know about the Judgment Night soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> he, he advocates for that soundtrack. Well, that soundtrack's fucking weird. Do you know the soundtrack? Brett? I don't. It wasn't a part of my life. I'm going to bring it up real quick. But you're right. Yeah, it's, it's literally like the genesis of the whole new metal movement, really. And it's mad weird. It's a lot fucking weirder than you think it is. It's not like... So, like, okay, House of Pain with Helmet is... A, a odd choice. Track. Great crossover. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's inspired. Dinosaur Jr. and Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Wow, I love both of them, <laughs> like, equally. I told you it's fucking weird, man. That's incredible. Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, all, all of these groupings are, are literally why it's like a, a complete genesis, the whole new metal movement. Right, I... I, I before the, the whole new metal, new metal stuff. Right, and I, I remember being really into the song Judgment Night by Biohazard and Onyx. But Brett, here's another yeah, exactly. here's another really yeah. odd one, Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. Yeah, I don't see that working at all. And Run DMC and Living Color. That would be, no, that's all, it's incredible. <laughs> no, that's really good. Yeah. It's a weird album. That's like a Voltron nobody, situation with that one. Yeah. Nobody remembers the movie. I mean, it had a meal with SFS. That's all I remember. It's a ra- it's an insanely racist movie. I got to tell you, I watched it. Not, <laughs> I've watched it a few times, and it is the whole movie. So these guys are going to a concert in a big RV, and they end up in the wrong neighborhood. And wrong kind of town. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like a action movie where they all get killed off by different elements in the wrong side of town but the soundtrack was like super important like it had freak mama by sir mix a lot and mud honey yeah yeah <laughs> that yowzers all, all of the the early 90s like alt rock band with like some hip-hop element you know and yeah those... i mean i'm sure there's been some kind of academic study that have posited this as like the beginning of the whole new metal movement so. it's such a there's such odd pairings like with, with, with like pearl jam wouldn't be caught dead doing something with a rapper now but since it was before new metal it was okay yeah. to collaborate with rappers new metal made it not okay to collaborate with rappers i think is what really happened like new metal came out and as we've said on the pod cast people turned on it about like six months after significant other came out and uh (laughs) basically it was like if you're in a rock band and you rap you're persona non grata now (laughs) and no number two hard rock movie uh i 
it, it, it's very hard to find um, is this Australian movie from like 1980 called Stunt Rock. Um, all you need to do is look up the trailer like on YouTube. It is completely like total like balls to the wall rock, jumping cars through stuff, blowing stuff up, jumping off cliff stuff. And um, if that is not in the top 100 uh, hard rock radio movies list, then it's just uh, fouled from the beginning. So. Yeah, that sounds neat. That sounds I got to cool. watch it because like all the YouTube clips are either like some guy about to like drive his car off a cliff or a rock and roll concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think this one has like a guy dressed as a wizard and he's like doing like magic tricks and stuff. So like Brett, it's automatically it, plus five points. It's tagline is death wish at 120 decibels. <laughs> yeah. Turn it up. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah. Tracy, do you have anything thanks. else? Um, I was going to add uh, one Xmas uh, Street Fight Miracle is the Facebook community that we have uh, around around the solo that are on there, and I imply Im- implore everybody to join our Facebook group, and uh, it, it's really done a lot of good, and it's a great community, and um, now it, it's really like a family. So uh, I really appreciate it. I'm really thankful for it on our Thanksgiving weekend here, and. Uh, like to see everybody there so thank you thanks thanks for doing that i, I th- thanks for calling in tracy can i say something yeah, no problem. about what I, one of the things i'm thankful for this year because i didn't get to do this i'm thankful for touring because it made me not afraid to use public toilets oh really to take doo-doos yeah, yeah like i'll You've just expanded. take a doo-doo anywhere now wow yeah you would just deposit waste well, wherever, I used the, to wherever not, they'll have you. I used to only be able to do it at home, dude. Yeah. I would have to like go home. No, I understand. Though I've been around I mean, I'm an advanced user of the toilet in that I could just use an invisible one behind a bush. No, I can't do I can't <laughs> I still can't do that. I mean, come on. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm saying I have met a lot of people that have certain, you know, proclivity or situations that come from, you know, their toilets. Yeah. Use. Well, so I, I I took a dump at a pilot. The, the truck stop over the Hellfire tour. Wow. And I was like, I'm fucking invincible now, dude. I'm like totally invincible. I'm not afraid of this anymore. I do try to I'm make impressed. sure there's nobody in the bathroom and sneak out before they can see who did the crime because I don't want to do the time. I always try to make so much noise that somebody else laughs. Okay. Like if I can brighten somebody else's day with a cracking a really great fart <laughs> or like making it sound like a pineapple just got dropped from the ceiling into the water, like... God, it is funny. We listened to that guy fart on MSNBC like 250 times on the way to the San Diego yeah, that show. that was good. And it was so funny because like the thing is like it's so loud and he may not have farted. And like I, I'll, I'll, I'll take him on their word that it was just somebody moving like a cup on no. the table and it was a fart. But like if you go on Twitter and you're like a senator and you're like, I did not fart on TV, everybody thinks you farted. See, I mean, you should never have to apologize for it. <laughs> I roll right through it. Like I will fart in front of mixed company without a problem. It's like, that's me. Like you're disgusting, like shaved ape, just like me. So I understand if stinky shit happens. I think it's embarrassing if you're trying to be the president, though. You it's know what not, I mean? I mean, the president shits. Yeah, but we're not supposed to think about that. The president, sometimes when he's at one of those greasy diners, he steps around back and, like, in a stall filled with that's completely covered in stickers, he, like, takes a shit. 
Yeah, Bernie Sanders probably takes like 15 shits a day, really, because he's the older guy can't he's smart. hold as much. Yeah. He eats a lot of fiber, I bet. Yeah. He does like Bobo's bars or some sort of like granola shit all day long. For sure. It's just weird. It's just, you know, throughout Poop. history, people have farted on the news or on the radio or something like that. And like now's the time to own it. It's the Snapchat generation. Everybody is accepting their flaws. And like they're never gonna accept the farting, farts, dude. I fucking love farting. People are never gonna accept that though. You don't I like see farting. kids going on Snapchat and TikTok farting ever. They ain't playing their farts. Like they'll do anything. They'll dress up like it's true. Yeah, they'll. I haven't seen any fart. Chats. I mean, these motherfuckers are like using the N word and stuff, but they're afraid <laughs> right. to fart on their Snapchat. You know, sure, it's like crazy. That's probably the next I used frontier. To- Right. Well, I mean, I used to buy CDs that were full of farts. Yeah, Do you remember know, fart CDs and like people doing like Yankle, Yankee Doodle Dandy and farts or like yeah, Mister Methane. He was like a Howard Stern guest that would just ah, come on yeah. and fart songs. And uh, yeah, and and then There's some another Christmas songs too. Uh, a Street Fight Miracle. I, I can give my Street Fight Miracle. I guess it's okay. like uh, um, man. Now I need to think. I totally lost track of what All right, I was well, let's see what the that. next Let caller has to say. Let me think of a Street Fight miracle, because I feel like I should have one. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? <laughs> hey, it's Anthony. What's up? What's, What's up, up Anthony? Anthony? Hey, so uh, I wanted to ask you guys a question about a job, a shitty job at okay. Starbucks, specifically. Okay. And, um, name and names. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck Starbucks. Uh, it's good for some people. Really great for trans people if you need some, some surgeries done. It's wonderful for that. I can't fault them for that. It's wonderful there. But I, I call it Star Sucks. My wife started calling it Star Sucks too. She was like, "Can we stop at Star Sucks?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn it! Now you beat me it. at my game. Now I have nothing else to do." <laughs> it's great. So, um, is it terrible, or, or is it bad to walk out on your coworkers as the the supervisor specifically <laughs> on a peak moment? I, uh, like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't think okay so we're you're the supervisor uh, we're yeah, gonna we have to break this it. down you're the supervisor not you necessarily just i'm the supervisor of a starbucks we're really busy we're gonna assume it's not understaffed was it understaffed <laughs> i mean most of them it's seem understaffed. understaffed yeah they're is this is this metaphorical supervisor working or is he just doing supervisor shit? For sure working. Yeah, I think supervisors at Starbucks should they, they should be working. Now, That's the way it's set up. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not one to tell somebody to stay at the job, but I think like with restaurants and stuff, uh it's probably better to like no call no show than it is to just walk. Because I think that, like, if you no call, no show, people can sort of figure out what to do. You know, like, there's a time to oh, figure yeah. out what to do. If you walk, I mean, who gives a shit about Starbucks? But the other employees are probably fucked. I'm not really 100% sure. You know, and I think that they'll make it yeah. through it. Because I, I'm a guy that, like, I've I've been at restaurants where people walked out. We, we made it through the day. It might have got a little harder, but... It's like I still went home and went to bed and got up the next day and went back to work. You know, it, it wasn't like it, it didn't like change my life. I, I can't even name a time that it happened, although I know that it happened. I, I guess it's like I hate to tell people to stay in jobs that they don't want to be in. But I also understand what it's like to be the person working at an understaffed restaurant or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like in my situation, person, like I, what I did was there's one other supervisor there. They were about to leave. I had a huge, huge breakdown, huge breakdown, just like in the back, just like, like just couldn't even think about what I needed to do next. But I called up somebody who was coming in, told them to come in early, called, told the manager I was leaving. Uh, and I did my best, but I was having a major breakdown because Starbucks breaks you. Yeah, right. I yeah, had, my, I can. Oh, go ahead, Brett. Yeah, my opinion is it's absolutely okay. I honestly think it's like, um, like Brian said, I've also been in the situation where someone doesn't show up or someone quits. And like, sometimes you work like 11 hours or you work like a crazy long shift and uh, shit gets shaken up. But like, I think that the way that employment works now is that like, if you need the job and you're going to just do whatever they need, uh, when someone fucking just pieces out on you, you have like, you have an excuse for why things didn't get done. Like it creates a situation within the corporate structure where it's like, well, so-and-so walked out. So we were kind of in like a free fall situation and, and I made these decisions or whatever. Like it doesn't harm your fellow workers in, in any sort of significant way and that they're going to like just put somebody else in there. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, maybe I'm an asshole, but like I, it's just happened to me before and it was just like hilarious because like, you know, the company can't deal with it. Uh, like immediately they aren't fast on their toes. It's a big corporation, you know, working at Fazoli's yeah. working at like fast food restaurants, working at the all-star cafe. I mean, it did happen on a regular basis, but you know, everybody else got by. I mean, everybody else wants their hours. Everybody else wants to make sure that they get paid all the dollars per hour that they're promised. And like the people that come and go, uh, that's really a part of the job. I mean, it's every six months, the management is different at a place like a fucking Starbucks. I really don't think like it was an epic event that you walked out. It's probably something that, They've all dealt with if this isn't their first fucking job at like a, a customer service place. Right. And I, yeah. I, I'd like to yeah. um, uh, also, uh, you know, when I when I was at the cable company, when I had to go to rehab uh, that whole last day uh, before I went before I ended up going to rehab and stuff, that whole last day, uh, I started the day with nine jobs. I spent four hours at one not being able to figure out what I was doing because I was melting down about like mentally. I was melting down mentally in in this guy's basement and stuff. And like it took me a long time to get the job done, but I ended up getting it done. And then I'll never forget this. I drove my van to where there's a river in town Uh, in Westerville area. I went and I sat down next to this river. And I like just cried <laughs> for like a while. Oh man, I did like the same thing. I went to a lake and I cried. And you then, just like run your hand through the river, river while like tears are streaming down your eyes and shit. And you're just like, yeah. and then I uh, called my boss and said, Hey, so remember I said, I started with eight jobs. I'm like, Hey, uh, I got seven jobs left and I'm never going to get them done. And it's like, he's like, why? And I say, uh, Ah, you mind if I come in and like talk to you about that? Because it was basically like, if you look at me right now, you'll know you'll that know. things aren't okay. You can see it in my eyes. Yeah. So I came in yeah. and they were like, you can have a week off. You can have however much time you need, you know, if you're going through mental health issues and stuff like, cause yeah. that's all I told it's them. So hard. It's so hard. Like I, I, in the moments, in those moments, cause I had multiple moments when I spoke to my manager who was supposedly a com is a communist. I don't even it's a, that's the whole thing, the manager. But, <laughs> but like, there's moments I'm like, 
I, I'm fine except for these specific moments. And if you see me, you'll know that I'm dead inside. And like, I just can't work out what I need to do. So like, please don't put me in these situations. And I got put in that situation again. I tried to explain it so many times, so I didn't have to walk out, but I just had a giant breakdown. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, how old are you? 28. See, that's like how old I was like 26 or something like that. And when I was driving home from work that day in my own car, uh, I hadn't even talked to my wife yet or anything. She didn't really know what was going on. And like, this is what made me. So I, I didn't go to rehab. I went to rehab to get through withdrawals from, uh, painkillers. But, uh, I, I had never planned on quitting for the rest of my life. It was just sort of like, I need to get clean right now. Cause I need to figure out how to deal with my life. You know, like I, I need better doing well. Oh I'm, yeah, I mean I I'm I, I'm okay now. I better than this. I got in my car and I started to drive home and I would cry for like 30 seconds and then I would laugh for like 30 seconds and then I would and this was like all just this cycle of laugh and cry, laugh and cry. And I think I was like laughing at myself for crying, but I was still crying. <laughs> so it was like this whole <laughs> fucking thing that was just like Ah, like I gotta do something. And like anybody in the world, anybody who's gone through this and anybody in the world really will understand, like, if you can't get the job done, there's no fucking reason for you to be there. And there are cases yeah. where your mental health will make it so you can't get the job done. You know, it's happened on Street yeah. Fight with me. I just have a more understanding boss. You know, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I think you're at that age. I, I, I Sometimes I think like that late twenties part of your life is where like, I, I know a lot of people that got to that point, 26, 27, 28, where, uh, they felt like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be an adult now. Like I, I I'm an adult yeah. now. I thought Starbucks was that job for me. I thought Starbucks was going to be that being a supervisor at Starbucks, a good job, right? Yeah. You no, know, still getting rent. Right. And you think you're supposed to be an adult, but you don't feel like one and you don't think you are. And I think it leads some people to just sort of, you know, you, you have trouble figuring out where you're at in the world. And, uh, yeah. you know, good luck finding it. I don't think you did anything wrong. Uh, I mean, what were I you going to set them up? You know what I mean? Right. And what were, you, what, were you what, what were you going to do had you stayed at work? You know, like that's what you have to think. Uh, it's like, okay. So this yeah, that's that's really what messes me up. I've been, I told my manager so many times, working on a holiday, working short staff, despite the system telling us it's not short staff, uh, was giving me giant anxiety to where I couldn't get the job done. So then my manager scheduled me alone for an hour on a holiday, or not not alone, not not alone, but with um with a brand new person who's been there for three weeks. Yeah, now, I've like, noticed. I've been, you know, I'm bad at this. Why would you do this? And you know, this is the exact situation that makes me shut down. I've told you this. <laughs> Starbucks is the most understaffed place these days. Uh, okay. I don't want to yeah. say just Starbucks. Starbucks and 24-hour yeah. McDonald's are the two yeah. most understaffed yeah. places in the world. Because sometimes you pull up to 24-hour McDonald's and the person that's taking your order is the person who's at the cash they're register kinda, and they're the one making the food. You'll see one person working at yeah. McDonald's at yeah, 2 have in like, the morning. They have like a, a visor on when they take your money and then they'll switch over to a ball cap when they give the order to you. <laughs> yeah, or like I, I went to a Starbucks in L.A., right? 
And uh, I was standing in line. I was the next person in line. But the woman in front of me was ordering what I assume was stuff for people working on a movie or something like Because I was by Universal Studios yeah. and they ordered like seven lattes, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's so many. It's such wild it's a wild lattes. And, and one person was working and it took a half hour for me to yeah. even just the second person in line. It took a half hour. And like in my yeah. head, of course, I was flipping out because but I was not mad at the person running the place. I was like, I think I think Starbucks intentionally because every one of these like service jobs, like their goal is to be, I think not their goal, but the thing they want is to be slightly short staff, you know, maybe one Apple. person yeah. short, you know, and, and that's what it sounds like to me. I think a lot of Starbucks seem that way too. When you walk, when you walk into one of these busy Starbucks and there's fucking two people working, and you're like, "What the fuck? Like, why are there only two people working?" Yeah, yeah, it, it broke me. It really broke me. But luckily, uh, I, I had, I, I didn't have anything lined up after I quit. I literally just walked out. I was like, "Oh, you know what it was? I listened to you guys and and the Trillbillies the, day, the night before. Listen to episodes about uh, unions. I was like, man, fuck this." <laughs> 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 well, I mean, um, well, yeah. Thanks for calling. How are you? Uh, well, <laughs> not. How are you on uh, looking for a job? Are you like okay in that department? No, it, this was this was uh, back in like May. I, I found a job. I, I didn't have anything lined up, and I, I got uh, three or four interviews that week. Got hired for two of them, and took one office job. Nice. Uh, started on the next. I quit on Monday. Got a job on Tuesday. Yeah. I barely even. Um, and now I'm doing well. I just got my own place. I'm doing awesome now. Yeah. Doing really well. That's great. Yeah. Office work is the dream for service workers a lot of times. Dude, where it's I, like, if you work in service, you're like, if I could just get a desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah. I hope everything's bad. gets better. Yeah. The funny thing about that situation is that like, you heard their excitement with like, oh, I'm going to be a supervisor at Starbucks. Like I hit the, you know, the jackpot here. And then, in actuality, when it comes down to the world that we're in, like, that's who we want to be doing that, right? Like, right. We rely on this shit constantly. People, in order to make all these big projects happen, there's lots of folks that need coffee on demand, you know, in under 10 minutes. But, like, uh, the people that do it don't get anything out of it. They just get treated, you know, they get worked until they're... You know, like, it's like, oh, you made it out of Starbucks. Congratulations. Like, it's not something that is literally a cornerstone of of fucking America. It's it is. Some, it, it's yeah. what makes it happen. A lot of things. Like, in those, I've lived in the big cities. They have them everywhere. Yeah, it's depressing when you think about, like, a supervisor at Starbucks is probably the closest to sort of, like, that factory job that we all dreamed about in the past where it was like you could get a job at a factory that's not and work there for the rest of your life and that's okay like it seems like a su super supervisor at starbucks would be like a job that you could get and keep forever because starbucks isn't fucking going anywhere they're, yeah. they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger for the end of time i, I mean until like someday people are they outlaw coffee or something like that. Yeah, we can't grow anymore. But like, uh, but like the fact that like you can get in there and they set you up to fail. I mean, when he was saying like going in there and there's nobody working, 
with yeah. you. You're like, because I've seen it. I've been to so many Starbucks where it's like one person yeah. working. You know, and like people don't even think about the fact you like walk into and this is the same for a lot of the fast casual restaurants now. Like people just think that like they can look in the room and there's nobody there. But so many fucking people are ordering online. I mean, you know, at Starbucks, it's not just the drinks for the people that are inside that Starbucks. People are ordering drinks online to have them ready when you get there. And I truly don't think that any of these fast food places have figured that out yet. I don't think they've figured out how to make that work yet. Because I've gone to Chipotle and the line's been all the way out the fucking door because they're only making stuff for fucking online orders. And they're getting to us when they can get to them because the online orders are just rolling in like fucking crazy because you can just lay on your couch and fucking do them, you know? These places, they haven't figured out staffing. For the world that we live in now, for sure. Like no, it's just, moved too fast. Yeah, they're still staffing Chipotle like they did before there were online orders. Yeah, and this place is still set up the same way it was when they were doing online order went before online orders, and that's probably the case with Starbucks too. I've just been in so many places now where I'm waiting forever just to order because they're yeah I'm doing doing some online shit, you know, Grubhub and stuff. Yeah, it's it's. Again, like none of these businesses are set up to handle that shit now. All right, you ready to take the next call? I am. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's uh, Martin in Baltimore. What's up, Martin? What's up, Martin? We love Baltimore. Baltimore. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I uh, I wanted to talk about man cow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know I, uh, what? I always want to talk about man cow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was like a kind of twisted teen when I was 13, 14, I guess. And so I was like the sort of, I was like actually like into man cow. Um, That's as twisted is, as anything I've ever heard, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but so yeah, the show was extremely fucked up and I'm really glad that you guys did the episode on it because I, I just haven't thought about it that much and about just like the toxic shit I was just pumping into my brain. Um, when did you stop listening? What? So I, I got to ask, are you from Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when did, when did you start listening? I started listening in middle school, uh, seventh or eighth grade. And I was just like, Yeah. It's so funny. I, These shock jocks used to be like, if your kids listen and turn to f- the, maybe the parents need to make sure the kids aren't listening. It's like, man, so much of your audience is just kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like everybody that was listening to those fucking shows was kids, man. <laughs> and when did you stop? Did you stop before like Christian man cow? Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I thought that I only listened for, year and a half maybe two years i think it wasn't for that long like i wasn't uh at least like i was definitely done you know at some point midway through high school and i don't really know remember why i stopped but it had it definitely had to do with realizing that when i would because i the thing is like he presented himself as being so rebellious and he would also like a lot of his like racism and misogyny, even though it was like super blatant, he would also do kind of like, I don't know, he, he would, he would like kind of sugarcoat it away. He would always like, he would like try to present himself as being like 
really accepting. Um, but, uh, which is like one of the things that, uh, yeah, that I wanted to talk about, but I, I think I, you know, I probably stopped listening cause he was just like, you know, cause I realized how fucked up it was. And, you know, I think I also just kind of gradually lost interest. Um, it's wild. A, like, a, 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 a middle school to high school. I mean, I guess that's just who listens to the, like I was tw- in my 20, I never could have gotten into man cow. I don't think he's not the kind of. Uh, stuff that I was into. His voice is just like it's the most radio voice you could ever possibly have. Oh yeah, oh uh, my, I'm on the radio, and <laughs> which is and and like he wasn't on anywhere but Chicago, so he's like a distinctly Chicago phenomenon. You know, most of us were listening yeah, to Howard yeah. Stern, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. I mean, that's that's crazy. I I I mean, he sucks so bad and uh yeah but, he sucks shit but that episode um, of of shocktober is is definitely one of the times i had the most fun doing anything because it was yeah. he's just so fun to make fun of mm-hmm. yeah i mean that was that was a that was a great episode but the and the but yeah he's just but there's yeah so if you did so did you know about like his kid rock connection Cause he was, um, yeah. like he, he had, like he had a TV show for a while and he had Kid Rock on his TV show, like right before his like big album dropped or something. And he like, uh, and he was, and he would, he would like always have Kid Rock on his show and he would, and he would like take credit for Kid Rock's popularity. He was like, yeah, I basically like made Kid Rock's career take off. Well, yeah, that's, um, that is a staple of the genre, by the way. Like these, yeah. uh, the, uh, I, I mean, I played the clip of Howard Stern saying that he's the reason Billy Corgan's successful and John Stewart's successful. So yeah, that's, that's part of the, I guess, career, but I am, uh, I am going to let, I'm, I'm going to f- listen to, um, Man Cow uh, and Kid Rock, though. I- I'm interested now. Yeah, thanks yeah, for calling in. Yeah. yeah um, well, yeah, I just uh, I wanted to like fill in some stuff about the sort of Man Cow, um, the Man Cow experience. Um, uh, but so basically, the sorry, I'm kind of very stoned, but um, he would have uh, people call in. So, like, he would sort of claim to be not misogynistic, but then he would have this this very specific, weird misogyny where he would have, like, supposed mothers calling in who were, like, horrifically abusing their children and would describe it in graphic detail and, um, and, like, justify it. And, uh, and then, like... He would, and of course, he would, he would have like, you know, he would claim to be like, well, yeah, I'm pro-gay if you don't rub it in my face. But then he would always have like, you know, gay and various kinds of queer people call in and would just like, um, you know, talk about trying to forcibly convert people to homosexuality and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah that that's but, sort of uh, how they all pulled it off. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was sort of like they they would say they were accepting, and then all their jokes would be making fun uh, of of people who aren't white straight men. So, well, thanks for calling in, man. We we uh we yeah. we have a full queue. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Peace. Stay stoned. I'm joining you.
I'm sober as a judge. I got the runts going in the uh, in the uh, packs here, all the way from California. Do you uh, like the white runts or the runts? The runts. I know they're not white runts. It's not the white runts. I couldn't find that strain, but I do love it. It's a good flavor. It's yeah, great weed. It's good flavor. Yes, this is the thing that's gonna. I was talking. Somebody was like, "Weed's like the new IPA guy thing." Sure, but the truth is, I mean, that's kind of old, but right. I'm saying that people think that weed is the new IPA thing, guy thing, but I don't think that's the case until people start doing weed for the flavor. Like, until they start specifically choosing well, the flavor of the weed. So, uh, Tony from Minion Death Call is a weed head. Like, he can, we can go head to head. Like, it, we can, it's like there's an unlimited amount that we can put inside of us that works. And I did realize that some weed is trash. Like some of the weed that people gave to us, like tasted fucking horrible. Like it was fine, but it was like not as good as the like. Some stuff does have like a better flavor profile to it than some than other shit. You know? Yeah, there but is I don't definitely think- a line where it's good and where it's you know. And I'm not complaining. I'm not a weed complainer at all. But like, I know when it's something enjoyable, it's like. You know, the cookie stuff definitely tastes fucking phenomenal. It has the crystals there. It's like good-ass weed. Yeah. I just guess, like, uh, uh, I, I, I think that, like, um, nobody is going to turn down weed because they don't like the flavor profile. You know, the IPA guy thing is, like, I, I mean, it's weird. because Who turns like, on beer, though? Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is with the IPA guy thing... It's like they almost seem like they don't want to admit that they're getting drunk on the beer. Right. The flavor of the beer is the draw. This beer tastes really good. Okay, I got you. I got you. Where like weed heads will always just be like, well, but I love you. (laughs) I don't care. Fucked up. I don't personally, I don't care what it tastes like as long as it gets me high i mean i've never seen somebody turn down like well there's been a lot of equalization in the industry i think there's a lot of people that have that have come out and said like you know the percentage of the the thc percentages that they're putting out there are a lie like it's not it doesn't tell you anything about the experience you're going to get uh the testing is not like 100 verified it's not like an exact science but you do know when something tastes enjoyable, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like this, I really love the way that it's fucking tastes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had stuff I like the taste of too. I I'm, I'm not, I, I ain't bullshit. I, I, I wouldn't, what's the word? I, I, I wouldn't make fun of somebody for being like this weed tastes good, but I would kind of make fun of somebody who was like weed. Uh, I like, I just, I, sometimes I don't even inhale it. I just put it in my mouth so I can get an idea of the flavor profile and just blow it out. You know? Yeah. I mean, I prefer stuff that tastes good, but, uh, I don't mind IPA guys either though. They don't, they're not that the only annoying thing about IPA stuff is one. It means I have to go to bars because you know, yeah, people like bars too. Uh, my wife hates them and it's hard to find them. Yeah, my wife hates IPAs and they're hard to find. You know what I, I mean? No, they're not hard to find. Well, no, it's IPAs hard to are find every fucking That's beer. what I'm saying. Stuff that's not an IPA is harder to find for my for my wife. Yes. Now, you know? Agreed. It's like I'm I'm big on um 
I'm real big on if I was drinking, and this is just my guess, uh, I would buy all the stuff in the coolest looking cans and bottles, you know? I don't understand. My wife doesn't like the cool cans. My wife doesn't like the cool bottles. She doesn't give a shit about them, Brett. And uh, I, I, I would pick that because I'm a sucker for marketing. You know, it's just the same. If I drank wine, I would, I would have definitely bought the the Walking Dead wine because <laughs> I would have thought it would be funny to have the Walking Dead wine. You know, man, your brother fucking blew me away on Thanksgiving. He goes to the grocery store and he buys a a mix six pack. <laughs> He buys six different beers, and I'm like, how are you going to sit down and just drink six different motherfucking beers in a row, dude? How is that possible? Can't even settle into nothing. No. I've been trying, actually, my goal has been to not be constantly chasing, like, new pursuits. It's been picking one that I really enjoy and just going and getting in that for, like, the season. I, I do. I like seasonal brews, but uh, the neighbors gave me this fucking, everything is now, like, Everything is like holiday cookie donut, and I really love like it's called like Santa's bribe and shit, you know, where it's like ho ho ho, oh Santa has a double bearded bastard ale, ho 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 ho, Santa likes it really rough. It, Santa's ale's a punch in the kidney, you know. Yeah, Santa's a tough guy. Santa's now. like yeah, has a bunch of tattoos and shit. Santa has like, like uh, knives on his cowboy boots that'll cut your throat with. Looks like the old, uh, he looks like the guys that work at the uh, old Tybee barber shop, like he, the libertarians that work at those places. Ho, 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 I'll bust your head open. I don't hand out coal anymore. I drink beer, you know? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Santa's fist in your face ale. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody can just be Santa can't just be a jolly guy. Santa can't just be like, I made you like a warm, delicious beer that you're gonna love. You know, Santa has to like kick you in the nuts. Did you Santa's chestnuts ale? Yeah. He can't just be a sweet, sweet guy. No, he can't be we can't have a man, we can't have a patriarch that's soft. And lovable and like caring, you know, we have to make him into like, you know, somebody that will stomp your brains in. Right. Um, or that likes to show off. Yeah. Yeah. That he likes to show off his abs and stuff. Santa <laughs> probably has abs now. <laughs> in the world of, in the world of craft brewery, Santa has fucking abs. Absolutely. Santa has abs. Just abbed up santa just fucking swole as hell oh ho, ho. i woke up at 5 45 to do crossfit <laughs> fucking loser <laughs> oh, ho, ho. i burned off enough calories for a six-pack ho, ho, ho. <sighs> before noon brian you fucking loser you didn't wake up ho, ho, ho. i did actually see that the war on christmas started this year did it well it didn't it who, who shot the first shot the war on christmas the war on christmas involves a lot of steps you know but uh they were already saying your relatives are going to tell your lib relatives aren't going to let you say Thanksgiving. I love anymore. that. I heard that. No, I listened to Minion Death Call and I heard the Trump stuff and I loved that audio. They're not going to let you say Thanksgiving anymore. Folks, a lot of people are saying you can't say Thanksgiving anymore. I'm like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Indigenous People's Day. Like you could fight with us about that, right? Like yeah. not saying Thanksgiving. I don't know about that. Nobody is. Nobody I haven't heard that. It, I haven't seen right? that campaign. There's no 5Ks I can can do for that yeah and then uh 
But the Starbucks cups were in the news again, which is There's always, always like, that's the battleground. The, the Starbucks <laughs> cups is the battleground. Everybody loves Kofifi. Everybody's gonna be at the Bucks, and that's we're gonna let we're gonna be out loud and proud. We're just gonna be furious about cups for the whole until the new Civil War starts. We're just gonna yell at each other about cups until you know, we get to them. But did you see the story? some fucking divorced fifty year old that goes on TikTok and records a selfie video and their car where they're like i signed my name as donald trump on the app but they just said coffee for dt when i record when i ordered it you know <laughs> that would be we need to make a law that you're not allowed to say you're donald trump if you, you like, can't you're, you're you have to, to be a president no falsifying your name on any sort of coffee dot you have to you have to put your legal name on any coffee orders yeah what happened was like a cop came in Oh, yes, this was a good story. And him and his cop buddies ordered coffee. Five cop. Five coffees. Five cop coffees. And on the What name, do they get? Uh, probably latte. Probably, you think lattes? Honestly, like, I think a Mocha lot of chocolates more into, like, frappuccinos. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of sugar, lots of cream. Because, like, a lot of the older people that are, like, just getting, like, the boomers that are just now getting into Starbucks, they, I see them walking out with frappuccinos. No, they're like, oh, I get cream. this. It's like a milkshake. I love this. <laughs> this is fucking great. You stop for milkshakes, like, all day long. This is fucking wonderful. There's an app for it. A milkshake that makes you feel wired. Yeah. It's like perfect for them, you know? Yeah, so some uh, police went to Starbucks. So there's competing store. Well, there's it's interesting, okay? So, like, he looked at his cup, and the name said pig. <laughs> okay, on, like, Which, the little ticket printout? Yeah, I mean, okay, you know, whatever. He, he is a pig. He had to know when he signed up to be a cop that some people were going to call him a pig. You know, um, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think that if we're going to deal in the arena of Ben Shapiro listeners, yeah. if logics and facts and reason, all of that is important. Um, if you decide to be a pig, people will call you a pig, right? right? I mean, like that's gonna... just a part of it. Like you spend all your day complaining about it when you see it in real life, this should just part of the job just rolls right? off your back yeah and they use that joke in fucking wayne's world they called a cop a pig you know yeah i mean it's uh it's like classic american way to talk about cops the uh, little piggy <laughs> piggy so um i mean normally what you would do is use this for facebook likes i mean they basically handed you a facebook fucking viral moment right right but not this person he uh got a hold of I mean, this thing got way up to Starbucks corporate. They're fucking oh, no. suspending no. The, the girl that did the pig joke and saying she apologized and said it was just a joke. And like, even even to this, um, there's a part of it, though, that like is interesting to me is that like they're apparently and I've heard this is like a profanity filter on the Starbucks cup name type in thing so you can't just be like fuck but pig isn't a profanity but it's still something that, like, like you wouldn't animals. want your employees calling people as they came through the store is pig yeah but but if it like philip ignatius garfield came in to order a coffee i mean though. he would just i mean but that's what he goes by 
I mean, I guess if he comes in and he's feeding his pig coffee, then and his pig orders the coffee. I just think like it's a I don't weird know. story because like I guess since Starbucks apologized, because like there were two sides of this ways of thinking of this for me, and it was like Starbucks apologized for it in the end, so the profanity filter probably doesn't have pig in it it's not a profanity it is basically if you're calling people pigs it's not like uh it's a pejorative yeah but calling somebody a pig is not like nobody's like oh well pigs are smart no that means i'm a pig you know sure it's like people call people pigs for like a few reasons and you would think that they would want to keep from having that on going through on the cup so starbucks apologized so I either think they think the meme got away from them and it was like, it's just easier if we apologize. Like these people have won at this point and they can just bullshit lie and we can be like, oh, you know, well, because somebody pointed out that there isn't that filter isn't on the online ordering system. Now, see, I don't. I get. I mean, I. I mean, I can also see. But you're Why dealing we with surface service workers too. I guess, and it's like service workers don't like the police. Nobody. Does. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, if if you're doing the orders on Starbucks and you type pig, I mean, you have to know that's going to be on the cup. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of, you kind of. I think that she should own up to what she did she and did. just tell them. No, she and she apologized and said like, "Oh, it was an accident." She was said a, I was doing a joke. It's not a joke though. You thought they're pigs. Like you should just tell them like, <laughs> I made the mistake of like keeping my interior thoughts, taking but, my mask off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I said what I thought about you out loud and. You know, I don't apologize for that, but I will respectfully step down from coffee slinging because when I see a pig, I just want to call him a pig. I guess it's interesting to think about because, like, it's one of those things that, that like... Uh, I think they should shut up. I mean, I feel like sometimes, you know what? They don't give me a whole ass drink, right? Yeah. When I do fast food, they fuck up my shit like crazy. And I don't make a national moment out of it. Right. That's should, what I think, too. You, if you had a drink that is the drink you ordered and it just has a fucking word on the side of it, it doesn't hurt you at all. You it's can baby just, shit. You can, it is. It's like, that doesn't affect me at all. Like, it would never be a problem. I, I would just drink my fucking drink and go. Right, and the employees. What does the Starbucks? What does the the person that makes you coffee? What what kind of impact can they honestly have on you? <laughs> what kind? Of, it is funny when you think about like uh, how badly did that oh, hurt no. the guy? Like, oh no, no, they run the drive through at the most popular Starbucks in town. If that kind of scuttlebutt gets around that I'm a bad police police officer and they think I'm a pig, they could tell the local insurance agent. They could tell the lo local doctor and the dentist. They could tell our local milkman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's that's the thing. It's like suck it up pig exactly it's like people are gonna fucking insult you it's the thing that's about, what you do you do thing. pig shit like people call you right is it it's they have been zero pointed out a hundred times probably that maybe people making like minimum wage being the ones that are always like calling cops pigs or like you know spitting on their meals and stuff says something about who the cops target and what they think of the cops because i say targeting these they'll say protecting you know who they protect they don't protect 
people. Right. They target people and that that's who they target. You know, it's like people that are working behind the counter at a Starbucks or a Burger King or a McDonald's, like their lives are probably profoundly affected in some way by what the police do, you know? And, and, uh, uh, again, this is like some real snowflake shit too, because it's like they yell at us for wanting like just a space that people can go to where they don't have to worry about like people getting their pronouns well, wrong found- and shit like that. Yeah. You know, this is like, you're not allowed to make fun of me. You're not allowed to hit me. You're not allowed to even say that you don't respect me. You have to say that you respect me. But at the same time, like what I see from them constantly is this complaint that, you know, it makes so much money these days to be anti-police and that there's all this anti-cop sentiment is just running wild. And I can't find a, I can't find a comrade anywhere. I can't get along with nobody. People are always, do, you know, defending the thin blue line wherever I fucking go. Yeah. You know, like there's like the police are getting by just fine. Like this is a one in a million chance where someone has the guts to call you a fucking pig on the side of your coffee cup. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and again... We come from a time when nobody liked the police. No, I mean, it was very popular to hate. You know? So... The movies, the songs. Yeah, and it's starting to change. I think it's starting Absolutely. to change now because the police suck. You know, somebody showed the Lego but, cop. Uh, 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 did you see that? No. So there's a meme about the Lego cop uh, showing the rise of fascism. And the first one is, like, the cop in, like, his regular uniform with like a badge and he's smiling and he's wearing a hat. And then the second one is from like the seventies and his be he has like facial hair, but he's smiling and he's wearing like a regular, I think he's wearing like a cop vest. And then, uh, it just progressively gets to the point where like oh, the next one is he's frowning and he's got a fucking uh, shield in front of him. And then the last one is like in SWAT gear. You don't even see his mouth. And he's got the uh, shit around his face. He's got like one of those balaclavas on his face. And God it's fucking damn. like that's, really sad to look at. Yeah. That's informative. Yeah. It's sad to look at, man. You just feel like you just feel like it. it, it, it is like nobody should like them. They are stormtroopers now. They're like the bad guys in the movie for sure. And, uh, Fuck them. Let's get this next call in. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Jason from Portland. What's up, Jason? How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, first thing I want to say before I forget, uh, Hard Rock Radio Movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is totally in the category, but it did introduce me to Power Man 5000, so it might be. Um, it's this movie called Titan AE. Oh, my God. A, uh... <laughs> Yo, tell me you've watched it. I have, not, I have not seen it. I thought, now Brett's looking it up, and I swear it's something he would watch. You know, I thought, I thought he'd for sure seen it, but... Uh... See, I'm torn a little bit because, like, hard rock radio energy is usually not animation friendly. But uh, no, but Animatrix okay. was. I, I don't think the Matrix hard rock radio. Movie. No, Animatrix. Did you see the animated version? I, of the I Matrix? didn't watch that. No, but the I, soundtrack fucking went. 
yeah yeah i mean it's not always just the soundtrack though it's like kind of an energy that you get in these things too now titan ae to me is uh i mean i'm gonna put it on there i'm gonna put it in there i will allow it i haven't seen it but i never saw that can totally weigh in yeah i never actually saw it either to be honest that's crazy that you did i do remember the cover of it it does seem right up my alley but um uh, the funny thing about it is that the alien race in it is called Dredge, which is a band that dude, another dude, band dude, that I fucking dude. like. Oh, it's a Don Bluth? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm going to watch this because I love Don Bluth. That's the only cartoons I ever liked was the Don Bluths. Like all dogs go to heaven yeah. and stuff and shit like that. I'll definitely say, check this out. Yeah, I did not watch Titan A, unfortunately. I, I got to watch. I'm going to watch. I have to watch Watchmen tonight because I'm doing watching Watchmen on the struggle session feed. But uh, I will remember to watch Titan AE now. I got to see it. It's it's worth checking out. I remember watching that movie when I was like seven with my dad. <laughs> and it, it was, it's just, I, I don't want to, maybe I sort of see what you're saying about hard rock. It maybe doesn't have the right aura. It doesn't have the like sort of right, like kick ass aura. But uh I don't know. I, I, Power Man 5000, I listened to like yeah. a shitload of their music after I watched that movie. Uh, so definitely it was the first thing I thought, thought of when you guys were talking about this. I want to go around uh, this table a little bit real quick. Okay, Brett, do you like Rob Zombie or Power Man 5000 more? Oh, that's bullshit. Which one? I mean, Rob Zombie. Yeah. I mean, you, they, they, Jason, legacy. Rob that's Zombie or close. Power Man 5000. Yeah, I'm Rob I mean, Zombie too. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Well, I th- they're brothers. I think Power Man 5000 earned their spot in like top one hit wonders of well, new metal, right? I think if you're but a, Rob like, Zombie is like a fucking progenitor, like but legend. he's not. I guess like I think we're talking about rock. like two different kinds of music, right? Because Rob Zombie isn't new metal at all, and oh. Power Man 5000 isn't like whatever Rob Zombie is. But like I think when you're talking about two separate kinds of music, I'll bet you there are people that are much younger than us that would say Power Man 5000 over Rob Zombie. No. Who do you think, Caller? There's only one song they have. Uh, I, I, I can't really weigh in. I have not listened to a bunch of Rob Zombie. Uh, my, my sort of... I think maybe Rob Zombie because didn't he make some movies? And I think that's like kind of kick ass. Like I think that in <laughs> itself is like pretty bitchin'. <laughs> I've never seen any of his House movies. of a Thousand Corpses. I've uh, never seen any of Rob Zombie's remakes. Movies. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't watch horror movies. I I don't know if people can tell me if I should watch them. But uh, it sounds scary I to mean, me. And it's weird to just bring up because I think Power Man Five Thousand was only popular in relation to Rob Zombie. It was because that per- like they didn't earn their place because of any sort of merit or because they were good at what they did. It was only because they were related to Rob Zombie. You think so? Yeah, no one would ever pay attention to what they did if they weren't related to Rob Zombie. God, I felt like they worked their way up though. I remember seeing them live very early on. Industry plans. Oh, you think they're industry plants? Well, I mean, they're just related to a person that was already wildly popular. I know. Anybody, I, know. I just don't think you got it that way if you are blood related. I mean, when worlds collide, already... rocks yeah. ass, dude. 
Yeah, and that was because his, you know. Oh no! Now I gotta I I gotta find this out. So so uh, I I am gonna put Titan AE on my list of things that I have to watch. I will now. watch that too. I think. Yeah, I'm surprised. Definitely worth watching. Yeah. I remember it, but I don't. I I really don't know why I never went down that path. Sometimes there's just stuff that you don't want to do that you know will be perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I, I I sort of feel that way, especially with like animation. Like I really love anime and shit like that. Like I I remember when I, watching Akira when I was young and and Ghost in the Shell. Um, but even to this day, when something's animated, I'm always like tentative and i don't know why and maybe it's because it makes me feel like a kid a little bit yeah yeah, yeah probably i mean i i i, I gotta watch it because i love don bluth so much that's like yeah. one of those weird things i don't talk about ever but like his movies were the ones that grabbed me i didn't like disney movies i liked don bluth's movies <laughs> all right well thanks for calling him <laughs> oh do you have anything else I, I think he had something else oh i cut him off Oh man, that's sad. Man, Call happens. back in, buddy. We didn't mean to hang up on you there. Somebody in the chat nailed it. Corn or Edema? Which one's the bigger powerhouse? <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. I don't think it's the same, but I get it. Yeah, get which it. one's the bigger Edema powerhouse? Edema never though. had a hit, dude. Not a single hit. Okay. So Corn. Rob Zombie versus Power Man Five Thousand. Power Man Five Thousand. You're gonna trade in all of this hit. One song. They not an album to back it up, but one song. Versus what Rob Zombie did. I think some people probably like Power Man 5000 more than Rob Zombie. That's outrageous. I mean, because there's a lot of people that don't like Rob Zombie. Sure. Right? So they like, would I, take the one-hit wonder over everything. Well, but, maybe they like what his brother was doing more. They are different sounds. Totally. You you're know? like, oh, I mean, I, uh, Dragula, you know, Astro Creep. All I think that there's stuff. a lot of people that don't like like Dragula and stuff like that. I don't know who. I think that's a crazy thing not to like, but I don't get the comparison. They're just brothers. That's why. Sure. I just said it because they're brothers. You want to pit them against each other? I did. I do want to pit two brothers against each other. Do we uh, want to take a break or just? It's up to you. Keep it rolling. Yeah, let's take a break. Want to take a break? Yeah, we're going to take a break. Send me some music, Brett Payne, because I can't play the Deftones Christmas song. Oh, that would be great. I think we can play it, because I think it's a... Uh, uh, um, what's the word for it? A... Uh, fuck. I don't think it's royalty-free, but I think it was, like, off of a thing that's off of a thing. You know, like, it was never on a, a like, label album. It's I not registered think. on, like, CD Baby or, like, DRM scanners, you don't think? I, I don't know. I, I don't What's know how to check that. Do They Know It's Christmas by the Def... By far featuring Chino Marino. Oh, I hate Do They Know It's Christmas, though. That's a bad song. Well, yeah, and we can't just play that. We don't... Then we don't have time. So we have to play some... You have to send me something. Yeah, I got some plum, a, some plum kid for you. Plum kid. Plum kid. All right. Well, you know what, folks? We're going to play plum kid for you. And uh, it looks like uh, it looks pretty cool. Poppy instrumentals, kind of earthbound inspired. And uh, here we go. Here it comes. <laughs>
Street Fight uh, Radio. I'm Murder Brian. Brett is talking to his wonderful kid, Charlotte. So I thought I would just come and uh, bring us back from break and do a bad job at it. And then uh, he'll come down and we'll chat a little more and take these calls and well, go home. Really? I got to watch The Watchmen. So Yeah, that's the show. I'm watching Watchmen. Uh, so, uh... That was fun. That was a nice little break. Your kid got to go see Amy Grant. You had to get debriefed on that. Yep. She let me know she had a great time. She had to take some pictures. It went well. Holiday season is kicked off. Uh, thank you for joining Street Fight Radio. Sooner, soon enough, um, Trans Siberian Orchestra will be coming to your town. Yes. God, more. this this tour that they do for this time of year has got to be intense. You know. Like, I look at music, I, I look at bands' tours a lot, like, just to see the dates, because we tour now, and uh, Paulo, the, the bass player for Trivium, uh, I was talking about how we went to Nashville, and uh, I was too burnt out and too tired, because it was the last day to the tour, and I was like, it was a 13-day tour, and I'm sure he was just like, get the fuck out of sure. here. <laughs> Those bands leave for two years at a time. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Double down on the holiday season. Uh, yeah, and and Trans Siberian Orchestra probably plays like a hundred fucking shows in the next like three months. In, in the next like month, you know, I think they start in like October, and they run until like the week after Christmas. Yeah, but they probably like make enough money. Right, you're like a landscaper. Yeah, they probably make enough money to live the rest of the year off that tour. That's, I mean, that's kind of a good deal, except for you got to work on like Christmas. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough tough <laughs> to be in the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, it's not probably fun. Like, look at your audience. You know. Um, if you want to get in on the pre order on the uh, Icy Jake tape, terrorist threats. Uh, we're working on getting that together. That's going to be ordered. Uh, you can get it at store.streetfightradio.com to get down and get your order there, get it logged. We will mail it to you eventually. But you also get access to bonus materials uh, that aren't available on the other platforms. So consider getting your Icy Jake material from us at store.streetfightradio.com. Yeah. Yeah, get that. Get the tickets for the uh, variety show if you're close to us, because I think that's going to be something that you guys will. Uh, I, I think the listeners of this are really going to love it. And if you can't make it, you can watch it streamed live online. Uh, it's us and the Trillbillies and Lindsay and Drew and Natalie, Garbage Brain University. So, you know, uh, we love Tom and Terrence. And you did you tell them plumkid.bandcamp.com if they like the music they heard? I probably didn't. No, thank you though. Um. So, uh, one more. When, let me see these calls. Uh, how, where are we at? We got a couple. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Let's see who's on the line. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Michael in St. Louis calling. How are y'all doing? We're doing, doing pretty well. good, I think. We're feeling good. Can you hear me okay? My phone's been a little fucky lately. Actually, you sound better than most callers. So your your okay. phone is doing excellently right now. That's great. Hey, so I was calling uh, first St. Louis 
Last time you guys were here was a bad time. I want to give you a quick update about the Soviet theme bar that you all performed at. Uh-huh. It closed. It's now a Jamaican restaurant, but all the Soviet stuff is still up. So it's a Jamaican restaurant with a hammer and sickle bike rack out front, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's you cool. Like that. That's better than the bar. <laughs> we're going to come back. Then, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to come back yeah. to St. Louis this year and redeem ourselves. Yeah, probably one of the big problems was I couldn't make it to the show, so it would have been good. Yeah, that is that that was probably that was one of the things I was thinking while we were there. But I think yeah, I yeah. think we're gonna do it up big uh around the Democratic convention, and I think we're talking about that tour hitting St. Louis. So Great. it should be Great. fun. We're I'll gonna have there. we're gonna have people with us, we're gonna get a good venue. It'll be a good time. Awesome. I mean, a lot of people well, showed up to that show. It was just they made it impossible yeah. for the show to be good, you know? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, I did have something to talk to you all about today. Okay. Uh, so I'm a I'm a tenant organizer in St. Louis, nice. and we've been uh, organizing at this apartment complex in the south part of the city for like almost the entire year. And today, the tenants decided to start their rent strike. So I want to talk to you all about like the organizing process a little bit and sort of what's going on with the rent strike and hopefully spread the word, uh, get some more people going. And we're trying to grow it um, beyond the bounds of the city. So I'm hoping some people who are listening are possibly also tenant organizers or may have the same landlord because they have a lot of properties in the Midwest. So I'm hoping to make maybe make some connections or at least spread the word. So how, um, I guess like uh, the first question I would have is like, how did how many people are, is it everybody in the complex or is it a complex or is it just a bunch of houses it's a apartment complex with about 15 buildings 300 units um it's not everybody definitely not everybody but we do have about 40 people who committed or 40 like units who committed to to go on strike until the five demands that we laid out are met okay what are the five demands Oh shit! Uh, I took <laughs> notes, but I didn't have five demands. Hold on, one sec. Well, I I'll mean, I, I guess I can ask you, like, what what led to picking this place? Like, what what was this place? What was their part of of this place? What? Oh man, I'm fucking this question so up. What was the problem with this place that it was easy to organize about forty people to go on rent strike? Well, it's, I would not characterize it as easy. Um, it's, we've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, we started with, uh, basically just following the news of like the big slumlords in the area. We tried one a couple of years back where it was sort of scattershot housing. So instead of like a complex, it's just one guy owns a bunch of houses and rents them out. Uh, and it was a big problem when there's like not a geographic sort of enclosed area for people to be at makes it really hard to organize like a meeting so being a complex by itself made the process much smoother uh and part of the tenant organizing coalition that i'm on uh we partner with the uh, legal services of eastern missouri and one of their lawyers recommended we go down there because um they just get calls from this complex nonstop, just mold bugs rats holes in the ceiling, sewage backing up into the apartments, just like any shitty thing that 
could ever happen at an apartment happens at this place. Like literally the biggest cockroach I've ever seen in my entire life has been at, at this apartment complex. So anything bad, imagine that that's what's going on at this place. So uh, we just started knocking doors based on that tip from our, our lawyer friend and um, just been holding meetings for the better part of the year. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just been, a, it's been a very arduous process, a lot of learning, uh, a lot of training, a lot of back and forth. But yeah, we really hit a peak uh, today and we're pretty excited to see where it might go. Okay. And what is the process of organizing a rent strike? Like you got to go to their doors and talk to them about the conditions. And I, I would assume you also probably have to have probably got to tell them that other people are doing it, you know, like, is that like one of the major steps is like getting one person on board and then telling somebody that that person's on board and then being able to tell somebody that's more skeptical that two people are on board. Is, is that kind of what the, uh, method is there? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like the, the biggest takeaway that we've had is like building one-on-one relationships is very important, uh, as an organizer, like, I'm just like a random white dude who showed up at the door and is like saying what to do with your money. Like it's pretty tough to trust that off the bat. So we're building relationships. We're offering people rides to stuff. Um, you know, if we're having a meeting off site, we'll go pick people up. We'll give them a ride back. Uh, we'll connect people with food pantries, legal help, all that stuff. So when the way that this one happened is, um, Last month, this landlord, uh, TEH Realty, uh, I'll just name them right out. They're, name and uh, names. They didn't, pay, they didn't pay their employees in the entire state of Missouri. So the property managers and the maintenance just literally walked off the job. So right now, there's no one in the office. If you have a problem, there's no one there to fix it. Not like they were very responsive in the first place, but it really sort of accelerated and catalyzed the whole process of like, Hey, shit just hit the fan. Like, what's our biggest weapon? Cause that's what we need to use. Um, and so that's, that's what the tenants of the tenants association were telling us. Like, Hey, we need to step this up right now. And if the rent strike is the biggest thing, the most leverage that renters can have over landlords, like that's where they want them to go. So we help them figure out, like, here's how you do it legally. Like, here's how you escrow your money. Here's what, like, this is the stuff that's going to protect you from getting evicted you know, help them write a a press release, help them write the demand letter, uh, all that, all that stuff that made it into like an official event. And then today we spent five hours in the, uh, blistering cold, uh, picketing. We slung a huge banner that said rent strike across the leasing office so that people couldn't go in. Um, you know, we had a bunch of people like blocking traffic, all that stuff. And we're, we've actually been connected connecting the tenants association with other tenants at other properties in the area who have the same landlord. And we're hoping to get more and more properties to join in on the strike. So not only are we going to be withholding rent at the one property, but hoping to spread it to like multiple places so that the landlord really has to respond to the things that we're saying they need to do. Oh, they're going to respond (laughs) for sure. Like what kind of pushback have you had from the landlords there? Well, TEH is really fucked up. Um, they're a, an international investment scheme, basically. Um, they, they have a pattern that we've sort of noticed where they go into these like low income housing units where a lot of people's rent is paid partially by like a charity or like a housing voucher. 
and then they they buy the property and never do any repairs. They just take the rent that is guaranteed every month and then develop luxury housing in like other parts of cities, right. but never do anything with like these units that are falling apart. And like, literally, I mean, they're like moldy. People have to go to the hospital or getting asthma. Um, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's a really bad situation. Um, so their response has been nothing. They don't pick up the phone. They don't respond to subpoena requests. We, um, not, not we, but some other tenants took them to court, uh, in St. Louis and they just didn't even go. So never showed up. No one can get a hold of them. Don't know where they're at. Um, we're, we're actually one of their properties is in receivership, meaning like some other landlord is going to buy it soon. So we don't we don't know where it's going to go and we don't know where they're at, but we really want to hit them where it hurts. Yeah, I mean, rent strike seems like the the only way, really, to get a lot of stuff like this solved. And, and like, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a renter. renter. I've, I've always, always been, been a renter. renter. I, I plan to die a renter. And uh, I mean, it is hard because you don't feel like you have any recourse when something goes wrong and you just got to kind of wait for stuff. You know, it's like... If you want something fixed, you have to wait for the landlord to come and look at it and then hire somebody to fix it or try to fix it themselves. And then you got, and it like is always such a like, and, and upgrades to apartments that people are already living in just isn't something that happens. They don't even budget for that kind of thing. You know, the budget is predicated on the fact that they never have to touch that apartment for the year that you work there. Or live there, you know? So work there. I guess if you live in an apartment for like I've lived in mine for I think like seven or eight years, it's you're probably not gonna get any upgrades. You're probably not gonna end up getting new flooring or anything like that because they're not budgeting for that. They are budgeted so that they make sure that you're paying enough rent that they get to make a little bit of money off the top of it, you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's dirty. It's really dirty. Yeah, it sucks. Rent is like the worst because I I don't want to own a house because I don't want to work on my own house. You know, like I don't I don't want any of the stuff that also I think buying a house seems terrible, like a bad experience for most people. And I think that selling a house also sounds like a terrible experience for most people. So it seems very hard for me to like. I, I, I don't know if I could get myself in the position that I would ever even buy. But then if, like you said, if, if people are, if it's pretty much guaranteed rent because it's coming in through a charity, it's like, they're never going to do anything to the, that's just, they're, they're never going to touch those apartments. Um, and so they're basically just people are living in apartments with mold and sewage backed up and now they're going to be paying their rent into escrow. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that it works is, you know, you pay it, you're still paying the rent, but the, the landlord is not receiving the rent. So until they meet the demands, which is really basic stuff, it's like, Hey, you need to make sure there's not mold. You need to make sure that the AC that you promised in the lease is working. You need to make sure the heat works. We have, it gets fucking cold in St. Louis and we have many, many people without working heat, which is a illegal and b extremely dangerous. And like, they just don't, they could not give less of a shit. They do not care about the people. They do not care about their health and well-being. Um, so yeah, we're, we're coming after them and, uh, it's, it's really, I mean, brave for folks to, 
to sort of take this risk, I think, and jump into something. Trust me and like the other organizers to say like, hey, we can do this. Like we can make this happen for ourselves. No one else is going to do it. Um, it's been a really, really amazing and inspiring and I mean, heartbreaking experience in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it sucks. That, like you're on rent strike in December. You, they put some, I mean, it's like, I still got to pay the goddamn rent though. This is the month where you really need that money. But, you oh know. yeah, that's been a question and a lot of meetings is like, Hey, what happens if we don't escrow the money? Uh, <laughs> it's always like, well, I can't tell you what to do with your money, but, uh, you might get evicted. So probably should just escrow it. I think. Yeah. Is that how escrow works? Like they can't evict you while they're in re- escrow. It takes them some kind of, uh, they have to do like some kind of legal maneuvering to, to actually get the money. Well, yeah, like we'll escrow it to the court. And then when, if the landlord does try and evict for non-payment of the rent, you can say like, no, we did pay it. You just didn't get it. Cause you have like, these buildings aren't even up to code. Yeah. So then it like, then you negotiate with them through the court and it becomes like a legal battle. But while all this is happening and it's like a long process, you know, people are still breathing fucking moldy air. Like we were, we were holding some of our signs in an abandoned apartment at the complex today and just walking into it it was so moldy it like gave me an asthma attack and i just had like i had to leave i couldn't be in the space it was making me sick and so like yeah people just have to live with it and they don't have any options and it 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 sucks it really sucks yeah yeah absolutely I, i i i believe that um so is there any way that our listeners can help you with this yeah so there's two things uh for most People, if you're not, if you're in the St. Louis area, reach out to us, home, Homes for All St. Louis. It's at H4ASTL. That's the number four, H4ASTL on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They're going to be picketing every day this week. So if you're in the St. Louis area, we really need you on the lines holding it down. Uh, if you're not in the area or not available, just follow us on social media. Um, you know, you can definitely share the story. Um, and if you are a tenant organizer or interested in tenant organizing or thinking that like TEH Realty sounds familiar to you, reach out to us because we want to build we want to build this thing with you. Yeah. And, and you know, part of me thinks that uh, part of me thinks that uh, this being a successful experience will lead. I mean, like the DSA here is organizing tenants in some apartment complexes. And uh, if people can follow your roadmap here, because I mean, getting to a rent strike sounds really hard, you know, like I just I can't imagine in the times where I was like as broke, where I wasn't able to pay my rent and stuff and like having a really tough time, somebody coming to my door and being like, we're going to go on rent strike, but you still have to pay your rent into escrow, but your landlord's not going to get it. Like, that's a brave move for the tenant, too, you know, because they're going to get harassed by those landlords. Yeah, it's an unsure situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and uh, that's something we prep them for, too. It's just like, hey, you know, they're not going to just accept this situation. Like, we got to be ready for, like, I mean, these are dirty business guys. Like, dirty business shit is going to happen. And, like, we should be ready for that. So, definitely, uh, yeah, brave is the way that I would uh, – that's the, the word that I would use to describe it. Absolutely. I mean, it's just because like when you're in that situation, you feel like maybe you don't have anywhere else to, you, what am I going to do if they do take it away? Do I trust these people? But 
it sounds like you all did a good job laying the groundwork and uh I, i'm very interested how it turns out please keep us posted yeah for sure i'm uh i'm in the the facebook group uh i'm always posting about it in there and yeah follow us on social media h4a stl all right thanks for calling in it's very good thanks right. y'all Have a peace wrench right. strike huh you ever think about a wrench strike yeah uh absolutely uh it is a promising thing, but I do agree that it's one of those precarious circumstances where you're like, I don't know. I don't have, I can't, I got, everything's on the line as it is. I don't want to like get in trouble with the person that provides my fucking house. Right. Know? That's, I always worry about like just having even like a shitty relationship with my landlord where it's like, ah, oh, man, they get to decide. They get to decide Whether, when, if I get to live here, you know? Yeah. And, and in the end, I think it's smart that they chose this international kind of investment firm company because they're not, they probably won't take, they probably don't have time to do retribution. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're, they're just going to hopefully chalk it up to like, we're going to fix the, uh, we're going to, we'll fix the fucking apartments. Who cares? Just pay us our rent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, that would be, I mean, well, that I mean, to me is like, uh, that's the goal, right? Is to show people that striking gets the goods. Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of uh, you know also telling people that there is a methodology to all of this, and that like you can put stuff in escrow. That is a completely useful tactic for folks. You know, mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, you still pay your rent. I mean, you were going to pay it either way, but this in this scenario, you're actually putting the screws to your landlord to provide them some sort of benefit, right? And it's legal, and they don't have to put up with right. you know they they have I, they can I get their money to put up with it yeah they, yeah they have to put up with it and they can get their money by taking care of the demand it's very easy i've known people that put uh their rent into escrow in the past i i know that i or maybe it was like can you do a house payment in escrow no i don't think so because you own the place i don't know I've, i don't remember it, people paying into escrow for yeah things. that's a renter's thing yeah that's very uh I would never know how to do it. It's yeah. really cool. It's actually really cool that this organization like went in there and helped tell them how to do it and lay it out and had yeah. legal help and stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you have to do. You know, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that like, uh, I mean, we're talking about making measurable differences in people's lives and showing them that activism can be a way to make that happen. Then like, that's where you want to go. That's yeah. the, like rent strikes, uh, even like biz, like work, like service work strikes. And, and just, you know, when I was doing service work for all those years, I felt like nobody fucking gave a shit about me. Like yeah. nobody cared. And I don't know how you, I, I, I like remember thinking like, well, even if I could get a union, the people at the union wouldn't give a shit about sure. me. So like that idea of showing people how, you know, if you do everything right and and you deserve to have a place that you can live in without black mold all over the place. Yeah. And uh, if you do everything right, then you can get this fixed and you don't have to, like, move because that's what they expect. Too. They're like, if you don't like it, move. Yeah. You know. All right. Ray, it's his last call in. Yeah. Last call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? This is Houston from Louisville. Houston oh, right. from Louisville. That's a conundrum. 
<laughs> we want to come to Louisville um, so bad. You don't have any idea how bad we want to go down to Louisville. But there's yeah, I've heard y'all have come before, but that was pre my exposure to street fight a couple of years ago. So if y'all come back, there's no venues. There's no venues. We can't get a venue there. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I'm serious. We can't even get the place we played the first time because they do their booking different now. We tried to do well, it with the Trillbillies and the Sams. We tried to do Louisville, but yeah, it just didn't happen. Damn. We couldn't get it. We couldn't get it done. We got to try it again. Well, yeah, I mean, keep trying. I think there's a constituency here for you all if you can find a physical building to be in. <laughs> People will I come mean, in for sure. There was, yeah, Kentucky seems to be street fight country, really, because that was very early on, and we sold a lot of tickets. It was one of our biggest shows for a period of time. And then uh, Lexington was crazy. That I mean, yeah. they loved us. Yeah, I've lived in both those places, and I think they have a street street fight attitude to some extent if you know where to look. But, I mean, I would just say keep trying, and uh, people will come out for you all. Um, I have a story kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier of um, the uh, police officer with the pig on there coffee mug and like when that's appropriate and it's also a bit of a cliche story about the stereotypical uh like thanksgiving confrontation okay um so we uh have a my family here has a pretty big thanksgiving with a lot of family members and everything from kind of all around the country and one of them happened to be a like an ICE person, like an immigration officer. Mm. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one to argue yeah. with. That's like one where it's like, okay, like I feel like I need to argue with this person, <laughs> but I don't want to argue with this person because it's only gonna be hurtful stuff that I say. Yeah, and it's like the kind of thing where I mean I love my family and I've been around them, you know, a lot. But this specific guy is somebody who's kind of like married into the family. We've seen him probably like five or six times in my entire life. And, uh, you know, I, I have no, really no reason to care about him specifically at all. And then, um, you know, how the Thanksgiving day kind of progresses where you eat a bunch and then you drink some beer and, you wind up taking a little nap and waking up and potentially drinking some bourbon or something yeah, hard like that. Liquor. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so people kind of just get to talking. And so he starts talking about his job oh, and yeah. he's just going off. starts kind of just popping up. We lost you there. Hello. You repeat what you said there. It yeah, kind of, it kind of died down. Yeah, yeah. When you said he was popping off, it cut out. So he's kind of just talking about these cases that are that he's like working on, and you know, I didn't really understand the how like like specifically involved he was with what the actual organization does. And so he's describing his job, and it is essentially uh, interviewing people who either get to stay or leave, and his job is to decide what happens to them. Whoa! And he's telling us all about how um, 
you know, either, you know, they ask a series of questions that are, you know, like, what are your kids' birthdays? What are, like, all this kind of stuff, like, that any human would forget. And uh, he's just kind of essentially came off like he was bragging about his job that he gets to just decide that somebody can't ever come into the country again their whole life. Yeah. Based on like forgetting somebody like their kid's birthday or something, which kind of, you know, just after listening to it for a little while and having a quite a bit of bourbon and shit like that, I was like, you know what, you should just quit your job. <laughs> like you should quit. <laughs> And just kind of yelling at him for a second and then leaving. <laughs> how did the rest of the family, I got to know how the rest, how did like the rest of the family react to that? Because I know that like I've been in situations where I've popped off at a, at a family yeah. event and everybody just hates it. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I think everybody agreed with me, but. So we have kind of another get together and it's the next day, usually on Friday. So essentially everybody who was there came back and divided themselves into kind of two rooms between people who were like, well, that's just inappropriate to say. And people who were like, cause the word got around. Wow. So the, the room that I was in, people were leaning into me and being like, that is so brave of you. Like, that is so nice. That's what I would say. Um, yeah. That's what I would say if I the, was, not had to do it i mean it's funny it's yeah it's it's funny because i have somebody in my family who is a retired cop and uh i think she knows what i do and i think that she knows that what i do is not particularly friendly to the police and just there was this one time where she was like uh Hey, you know, why don't you take it easy on the cops? And I was like, nah, everybody else takes it easy on the cops. My job is to be hard on the cops. <laughs> and like, that was all I said. And yeah. that was like the end of the conversation, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, we're all there as a part of a family. And this guy's bragging about how he's not letting people there do that. So, you know, he's not letting other people be around their families like i don't necessarily think you should just be allowed to have a nice thanksgiving but no no you're you were right a, you were right in what you did but it's just like from this side it's like all i see is an uncomfortable moment you know like i <laughs> all i see yeah, is like oh my god my whole fucking body would be tingling my like what happens to me when i get in a situation like that is my whole body fucking tingles and i just can't i'm just like we're fucking doing this we're fucking doing this now and then i just go you know yeah i was came this close yeah. on thanksgiving this fucking close and then i reeled it back and was like okay <laughs> all right we're cool we're cool because uh, I was making somebody very mad uh, because they <laughs> they were telling me that, you know, I wish people were more in the center 
And then I was saying the center is violent and I was just kind of going on and on about wars and shit like that and like poverty. And I was like, the center allows for all that. They allow for a certain amount of that. And then they see that as okay because they haven't had their feelings hurt. And if you can't handle being yelled at by somebody, then I don't really fucking know what to tell you. Cause they were like, people on the left yell and people on the right yell. And I'm like, yeah, who cares? Fuck them. You know? I, I don't yell. I sometimes yell. Yeah, you're a yelly guy. I sometimes yell, but I don't like, I'm not like, it doesn't hurt my feelings when somebody yells at me. It doesn't hurt my feelings when like a right wing person yells at me, you sure. know? And if we don't have conversations and you're having a conversation with really, truly one of the bad guys, I just can't even imagine going somewhere and bringing up that I work for ice. You know, that's one of those jobs you're just like. Ah, computer shit. Well, certain people love it. I mean, yeah, you are going to get a certain amount of appreciation. Yeah, but like, he when, knew where he was going. Like a relatively liberal household. I, I, I mean, it was. But he later was, in the day, he didn't bring it up like right away. But see, but you're the sole person that brought it up. If you weren't there, everybody else would have went along with it. Like he was running, he was rolling through there, just knowing that like he could bring it up and say something about it, and no one would like object. You know, he thought no one had the guts to fucking object in real life. And you were the one person that was like, stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Look at him in the eye across the table. You say, quit your job. You're like, Whoa. I mean, it's true, though. That's what ICE has to do. The only way to solve the problem with ICE is that they all quit their jobs. Like there isn't like another solution where ICE is like more humane or anything like that. It's like ICE is bad no matter what. You know, no matter what your fucking job is and you're working for ice, quit your job. Yeah. Well, uh, that's pretty much the story that I had. So I appreciate you all. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah, you were great. All right. That was a wonderful moment. The people in chat loved it, too. They were on the edge of their seat. I mean, how many people in the chat dream of being able to tell somebody that is uh, tell somebody that in ice that they should quit their job? I mean, yeah, that's a lot. That's a good part of the day for a lot of people. I mean, I'm like a guy. Like the argument I was in was more about like kind of just my philosophy and stuff. And it ended with the person telling me that like you're never going to get a broad audience with the, sure. with the name Murder Brian and Street Fight. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not like shooting for that, so I don't really care. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, thanks for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it as always. Uh, tell people about it. Review it. Rate it. Spread the word. We've done a good job of spreading this mess across the U.S. with just support from people like you, and we're very appreciative of it. And uh, can't wait to you know wrap up this year and get started again next year with a lot of new exciting stuff that we have planned. And we're happy to have you all y'all along for the ride. You can always send your messages or your bands to streetfightradio at gmail.com. I will read those. You can find me and uh, Street Fight on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Street Fight WCRS. You can find Brian. He's at Murder Brian on Twitter. We appreciate it. As always, we're Street Fight Radio. Peace. Excuse me, friend. Do you ever get mad online about politics? No, not really. So your Twitter handle isn't at Dabbing Castro 911 and you didn't just post drink piss to at Joe Biden? Uh, okay, you caught me. Well, good news, friend. You are not alone, and you should get your news from two guys who are just as mad online as you. Really? Who? Where? 
District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left, airing Monday through Friday, hosted in Washington, D.C. by the two Sams, Sam Knight and Sam Sachs. All you have to do is subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Wow, thank you. Keep posting and stay mad, my friend.